My name is Tigger of Grace City Church. And the next voice we will be hearing from is Pastor George Foreman of Grace City Church. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to Pastor George Foreman. I'm the senior pastor of Grace City Church, the humble pastor, the proud pastor. I tell you, it is an honor to be able to serve the body of Christ. It is an honor to be called and chosen by God, to be an example to the body, to be a gift to the body. And so I want to say thank you to those of you who are covenant partners, to those of you who are members of Grace City Church. I want to say thank you. Thank you for choosing to make choosing Grace City to be your home. There are so many other places that you could go, so many other ministries that you could be a part of, but you've decided to make Grace City your home. And if you're a listener, and maybe you have a church, I want to tell you thank you on behalf of your pastor. Thank you for your commitment throughout the year of 2019. Even if you join at the end of the year, I want to say thank you on behalf of them. Just on behalf of every pastor, I want to take a moment and say thank you. Thank you for all that you do to make the body of Christ better and to make the body stronger. Well, it's the holiday season. I wanted to drop in really quick just to give you something to think about as you move forward and to the holiday season as you move forward into going into 2020, going forward and really what God has called you to do and what's on your heart to do. No matter what you've gone through in 2020, whether you face grief or disappointment, 2019, excuse me, 2019 might have been a prosperous year for you. You might have had some prosperous moments. You might have failed. You might have not met the goals that you set before yourself. And what whatever has happened, maybe this year you kind of were shaken on your commitment or this year you went through some tragedy. I want to encourage you as you go into the next year, the next phase of your life, and really as you enter into the next phase of your life before 2020 starts, I just wanted to encourage you. I wanted to connect with you. I have not been on in a while, and I want to apologize for that. One of my things for 2020 is I'm going to come back and be consistent and committed to the podcast. I love how our listeners have gone up even on our little break. So I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening for these few moments. But I want to talk briefly on prayer. I want to talk briefly on prayer. I believe that if you're going to have a successful relationship with Jesus Christ, a successful relationship with the Spirit of God, a successful relationships with other believers, if you're going to have success in any area of your life, if you're going to have success in any relationship of your life, it's going to take communication. You have got to learn to communicate. And in 2020, you have to break those barriers uh, that's around your communication skills. And you really have to learn uh, how to properly communicate, how to properly express how you feel, how to properly express what you think, how to properly express what's going on in your life. If you're going to be successful in any area of your life, 
This is not just talking about church. If you're going to be successful in any area of your life that involves other people, which is probably every area of your life, is going to involve, you have to evolve. Okay, you have to evolve and it's going to involve you being willing to break those barriers, the calluses of your communication skills and really learn how to communicate. But specifically, I found out that there is a barrier, a dam, there's a blockage, there's a hindrance that people cannot communicate with Abba, which is God, our father. They cannot communicate with the spirit because they have poor communication when it comes to one another. Okay. And a lot of times for people, the process for prayer is difficult. The process for real prayer is difficult. You know, the Bible says that you don't have to pray like the Pharisees and the Sadducees who uh, they pray out in the open in the court so people can hear them. They try to use these big words so people can uh, think they're smart, think they're spiritual. But I found out that people struggle when it comes to true prayer because true prayer requires you to, number one, have a foundation in the word of God. True prayer requires you to get in the word of God. And the word of God is really a mirror of what's going on in your soul. When you read that word and open up that word, and I'm not talking about going and reading uh, Genesis 1. If you're dealing with bitterness, you don't need to read Genesis 1. If you're struggling with bitterness, you need to go to the book of Proverbs and hear what the writers of Solomon began to say in Proverbs about the spirit of bitterness and how it's cantankerous, how bitterness is like mold and it will rot the soul. Uh, if you're dealing with unforgiveness and you're dealing uh, with, with anger and you're dealing with frustration or if you're dealing with working with other people who are believers and it seems there's some strife. You need to get in here what Apostle Paul said in the book of Corinthians this year for 2020. I want to challenge you to read the Bible intentionally. Okay. You don't need to read about What's going to happen uh, uh, in the days of tribulation if you're struggling with love in your marriage, okay? Uh, if you're struggling with love, period, you need to go to Corinthians 13. You need to go to John 3.16 is the best place to start if you're struggling with love again. So I want you to be intentional with your Bible reading. Specifically, go to places that will help uh, uh, capture and deliver your soul. So you got to be intentional with your Bible reading if you're going to have a prayer life. It's got to, you have to begin to build a foundation in the word of God. That also means beyond Bible reading, get committed and connected to a Bible teaching church. Don't just go to a church in 2020 because they jump and shout or they holler and they run. Don't just be satisfied with watching someone on YouTube or watching someone on TV. You need to get plugged in with the body of believers. Get connected and committed to a body of believers. That's a Bible teaching church, a word church. There, there was coming a time and the time is now where you need to be connected to a word church, a church that is founded on the word of God. And when you shout, you shout with purpose. When you speak in tongues, you speak in tongues 
with purpose. You know the reason why you do it because it is founded in the word of God. So we're talking about prayer and building that relationship with the spirit. And I've learned this, that a lot of times the process of prayer is difficult for people because society teaches us to suppress everything we feel. But when we come to prayer, we have to train ourselves to do the opposite. We must release everything we feel. And that's difficult for many people to do. It's difficult for many people to do because society has taught you that you have to suppress your feelings. And when you come in a time of prayer, in that time of prayer, you have to express how you feel. And that process is difficult because we have lived a life of carnality so long that we think we can operate in a spiritual realm with a carnal perspective and carnal behavior. But you cannot come into a spirit realm with that carnal behavior, that carnal perspective, and that carnal mindset that I'm just not going to uh, say how I feel. I'm not going to express my Myself. No, if you do that, you will have gaps in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And for three months, you will do okay. For four months, you will do okay. And then you'll notice yourself what we call, you'll start backsliding. You'll start going back because you never were able to learn how to properly communicate with the Holy Spirit through the Holy Spirit by the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Sometimes before you get into the place of prayer where you are venting how you feel, the Holy Spirit answers your prayer in the place of adoration. What does that mean? Sometimes before I get to the place of prayer when I'm venting, talking about how I feel, he answers my prayer in adoration, okay? You have to begin your prayer in adoration. How do I begin my prayer in adoration? Number one, you've got to have a foundation of the word of God because your adoration is going to come from the word. I'm gonna, let's go into adoration. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are the joy of my salvation. Mm, I adore you. Father, I thank you that my heart is set on you. I thank you that you're the wind beneath my wings. You are not just some strange being. You're not just some weird creature, but you are the keeper of my soul. Oh, glory to God. That, that's adoration. Father, you keep my soul even when I feel lost, when I think I'm hopeless. I still feel the warm embrace of your spirit wrapped around me. I thank you that you have a purpose for my life. I thank you. You are so intentional that before the foundation of the world, you already built a relationship with me. I thank you that I'm not separated from you. I thank you that you're not far away from me. 
me, but you desire to have an intimate relationship with me. Father, I thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross of Calvary for my soul. I thank you that he hung there. He bled. He gave up his life so that I could become a son of God. See, that's adoration. And in adoration, you go deeper into those statements. You you begin to really express. When you uh, start thinking of adoration, you become one with the words that you're saying. When you start thinking adoration, you become one with the scripture. God, you created the heavens and the earth. You are so wise that you created wisdom before there was wisdom and you shaped the world by wisdom. Father, I thank you that that same DNA is running through my blood. You got to adore him. You know that word adore? You know when you adore your spouse or you adore someone you're in love with, you start looking at them with googly eyes and you got to look at the Holy Spirit and look at the word of God with googly eyes. And start whispering sweet not sweet somethings in prayer. Start saying sweet words when you began to go in prayer. Just start your prayer in praise. And it's in that place oftentimes before you can even tell God that God, my lights need to be paid or, or God, my spouse needs to be changed. It's in a place when you're telling him, Father, I thank you that you're Jehovah Jireh. It's in that place of adoration that you remind yourself yourself, wait a minute, he is my provider. Oh yes. And sometimes I go and I tell him stories like, Father, I remember when there was a time that I didn't have anything. I remember when there was a time I didn't have any money and I was sitting at an ice cream parlor and I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. I didn't know what I was going to do. But Father, you are so generous towards me. Your heart is so good towards me that you made a way out of no way. Father, you had somebody call me. You had me on somebody's heart. I thank you that I'm not forgotten, but even in my moment that I feel alone, you have me on somebody's heart. You have me on somebody's mind. See, when you start beginning to pray that adoration, you begin to answer your prayers in adoration and in praise, you remind yourself of the goodness of the Lord. Do you really know in that place of adoration and prayer, you strengthen your inner man. You strengthen your spirit because you got to remember your prayer life cannot be selfish or soulless. Your prayer life cannot be selfish or soulless. But when you pray, you got to remember that you're praying a solution. You're not just praying a problem. You're praying a solution. You pray from a place of victory, not a place of defeat. I pray from a place of overcoming. I pray, I pray from a place of joy. I pray, pray, excuse me, from a place of peace. When I pray, I know that not only does heaven hear me, but heaven responds to my prayer. So oftentimes in the place of adoration, he will answer your prayer. I want you to adore him. Listen to this. Suppressing your feelings does not make you mature. Society wants you to feel that if you suppress your feelings, you are a mature person. That's not true. 
Suppressing your feelings does not make you mature. As a Christian, suppressing how you feel does not make you mature. But having the ability to communicate and articulate how you feel but have a foundation of faith is what marks those who are mature. I might feel this way, but I know as a mature Christian, it's just a feeling and feelings change. Did you hear that? As a mature Christian, I know how to properly communicate how I feel, but I know as a mature Christian that it's just a feeling and feelings change. So suppressing your feelings does not make you mature. The mark of the mature says, I know how to express my feelings, but my feelings have a foundation in the word of God and my faith is not dictated by my feelings because feelings change, but my faith is sustained. Listen to this. Lashing out does not mean you know how to express your feelings. So many people lash out. They lash out. They lash out. They lash out. People even lash out in prayer. God, you should have. They, they, they immediately in their time of prayer, God, you should have done this for me. Or you promised you were going to do this for me. You promised you were going to come through for me. You promised you were going to make a way for me. You promised, you promised. And, and they're lashing out in prayer. And they think because they're lashing out to people or they're lashing out to prayer, that that means they know how to communicate their feelings. That's not true. When you know how to communicate your feelings, you know how to speak and express without causing damage to others. The Bible says, Apostle Paul wrote, let your words be seasoned in grace, even in expressing how you feel, even when an offense has come to you, when you express how you feel, you can even express that and your words are seasoned in grace. When you go to prayer, let your prayers be seasoned in grace. Let your prayers minister to God. Listen to this. Prayer is the place I learn to trust God. Prayer is the place that I learn to trust God. You all, these are just some notes that I've written in my personal time as I thought about prayer. These are just some of my personal notes. Prayer is the place that I learn to trust God. I want to share this with you. I also learn to trust the way he responds and answers to my prayer. Prayer is the place that I learn to trust God. Many people have lost their trust in their belief system of who God is and his ability to perform his word, all right? They've lost their trust in that. And they have to learn to build their trust back in God. It is not because God, uh, a word failed. It's not because God's word is not sure, but something has happened in our lives 
on our part to make us lose trust in God. That's why people don't give. People don't give of themselves simply because they don't trust God. And in 2020, we have to teach people, number one, on the fact you don't trust God like that. Number two, on the fact that God is not offended that you don't trust him to that extent. Number three, allow yourself to learn how to trust God again. And one of the first places you're going to learn how to trust him again is expressing to him how you feel in prayer and then learning to trust the way he responds and answer your prayers. I pray that something I've said in these few moments have blessed you. I pray that as we began again on this podcast, that you learn not only to trust God, but you learn to trust how he answers and responds to your prayer.